Hello, and welcome to A Tale of Two Bookworms. My name is Tony. I'm Kailea. And today we are reviewing the Pulitzer Prize winning play, Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller. Ever since it was first performed in 1949, Death of a Salesman has been recognized as a milestone of the American theater. In the person of Willie Loman, the aging, failing salesman who makes his living riding on a smile in the shoeshine, Arthur Miller redefined the tragic hero as a man whose dreams are at once insupportably vast and dangerously insubstantial. He has given us a figure whose name has become a symbol for a kind of majestic grandiosity, and a play that compresses epic extremes of humor and anguish, promise and loss, between the four walls of an American living room. That's on the back of the play. Yes, it is also uh, the book description given on Goodreads, so it's as good a summary as any. Basically, um, this is one of the most beloved plays in American theater. Uh, it is a classic. It is considered one of Arthur Miller's absolute finest, and we read it. <laughs> we did. Neither of us have seen it. No, um, I don't. I can't think of any production, at least in our area that's come about that would have given us the opportunity to uh, either have seen it or to have auditioned for it because fun fact we both uh, do act in theater occasionally well it used to be a lot yeah used to be a lot and then COVID happened anyway I have seen it on some marquees you have I have hmm. but uh where just I don't remember. Curiosity. Fair enough. It's not something that I stored in my brain. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> Neither of us have seen it, but now we've both read it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, th I think we we enjoyed it differently. Correct? Yes. I ended up liking it a lot more than I would. I mm -hmm. thought it was going to be too dated, too boring. And yes, the characters are obnoxious, but I liked the themes overall. Yes, the themes are very good. Myself, I found it dated. I found the characters impossible to like. And uh, I did like the themes, but I, I've read a lot of theater in my time. And I just feel like there has been many plays that have come out since that have told these themes and these stories a lot better over the years. To name a few, because I did write them down. Uh, Long Day's Journey Into Night by Eugene O'Neill, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf by Edward Albee, True West or Curse of the Starving Class by Sam Shepard, Lost in Yonkers by Neil Simon, uh, Glen Gary, Glen Ross by David Mamet, all spectacular plays. Uh, actually, I'm not a big fan of Long Day's Journey Into Night either, but I think they all carry similar themes and they're just a little bit better for modern audiences and modern readers. Nothing against Death of a Salesman. I just do think it's a little dated. Written back in 1949, I believe. One thing I didn't like about the play specifically was how he portrayed women. Yes. It was either they're a bunch of money-hungry floozies that are willing to go and sleep with anybody just for the potential that they might get something out of it, either money or gifts. One of them was stockings. Mm -hmm. um, or they're the unrelentingly loyal housewife who ignores everything that their partner is doing and going through and not 
helping give him a reality check. It's just, oh yeah, sure, we'll 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 figure it out. We'll get through. You're still the most wonderful person ever, mm-hmm. even though he's cheating on her and lying to her face and telling her to shut up and to butt out of it. Yeah, he was. Yeah, Willie, the the husband, the main character of the play, was extremely rude to her, which bothered me. Which I, I think he was supposed to because the one of the sons steps in, and. For, for various reasons. I mean, he's the one that catches Willie cheating on his mother on a sales trip and from that day on cannot forgive him. And then every time he sees his father treat his mother bad, the rage rises within him. Mm-hmm. And he cannot respect his father anymore and still loves his mom. Yeah. And, and to go back to that character, I mean, Linda, that's the wife. She she is doting to a fault, you know. Uh, Willie, her husband, the main character, he is mean. He's rude. He lies about everything, and and he's going senile. Uh, and and she just yeah she turns a blind eye to this, and um, she's just not a very strong character, unfortunately. Well, none of the women are. No, they aren't. Uh, you found something interesting about Arthur Miller and his wife, um, Marilyn Monroe. Well, this was written before that, but I, I wondered because he wrote something for her mm-hmm. eventually, and she was hoping that he would write something that would stretch her abilities and give her a role to really sink her teeth into, and he just wrote her as another dumb blonde bimbo and she's really disappointed in that and it's even though he was married to her and she from what i've read she's in she was an extremely intelligent and obviously ambitious woman is that he didn't even respect her enough to write her a role that could have been good enough and i wondered if that reflected just his perception of women in general Mm -hmm. is that even if they show uh their ability to take on meaty roles or challenges or to portray intelligence that he he couldn't see that either he was just not able to or he if he willfully wouldn't see it yeah i i don't know i think it bothered me a lot because i i think if if you're a playwright and you're in love with an actor, then you would want to give them the best roles imaginable. Um, you know, Lady Macbeth, Cleopatra, something like that, something powerful and strong and and something meaty to play. And uh, I, I just feel it's very telling that, uh, the role that he wrote for her and his overall respect for her or for women or whichever but it's uh it's a little sad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's that's one area that it definitely is dated because i don't think you could really get away with that currently or writing all characters maybe i'm wrong in this um no i i'd say you're right there's a it's a good thing but there is a lot of pressure to write more female characters better female characters um, it, it's what people want to see nowadays, and thankfully we are seeing more of it now, I think. Another interesting thing is um, 
going back to the idea of loyalty and and Linda being unrelentingly loyal is the sons are expected to be uh, ridiculously loyal to their father as well regardless of how he treats them Mm -hmm. and to not see them as they they really are but just as these these objects that he's trying to shine like like trophies that he's trying to perfect in a certain way but only in the way that he sees fit so he's not interested in them being smart but he's interested in them in them being handsome and strong and mm-hmm. fit so that when they walk people see them and look at them like they're gods or something and they should deserve a certain type of lifestyle because of that even though neglecting their academic side uh, especially for is it Biff? Biff, yes. For Biff, he had a scholarship to college, but he failed math. Mm-hmm. And he w- was going to go to summer school for it and, and fix the math. But he was—he never had... He ended up not doing it. And so his life ended up in shambles, basically. But his father never really encouraged him to make sure that he was getting his math done. And even when mm-hmm. Biff's friend was was telling his father, he's like, hey, he really needs to do that this because if he fails, he's not going to graduate. He's not going to be able to go to, to college and that scholarship, everything that he's worked for is gone. Uh, he, get, he gets a scholarship for college because of football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Willie, the father, he's obsessed with success. And his idea uh, of success is that you need to be well-liked to be successful. and And that's it. That's it. Oh, and, and to have uh, to be basically morally pure, which he's not because he cheats on his wife. Uh, and then the whole well-liked to be successful, his neighbors, um, Charlie, is very successful. And he goes on in the play about how Charlie's not very well-liked, how his son, uh, Bernard, is, is not very well-liked. His son ends up being very successful. He's a lawyer um, who's on his way to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he has this very augmented idea of, of what success is. And then and then yeah, Biff is is kind of on his way to maybe make it in, in Willie's eyes. And then everything falls apart when he's go- he should be going to school, to summer school so he can redo his math so he can go to university. Um and that's when he sees his father cheating on his mother, or he finds out that his father is cheating on with his mother, and it it destroys him. It One, shattered his. It it shattered his perception of his yeah. father because both the boys loved his father, and as soon as he realized that his father was cheating on his mother, he just stops trying, completely. I think. My question is. Is that just an excuse for Biff? I don't think so. I th- think he, the way that he was taught growing up was that basically appearance is everything. And mm-hmm. the the foundation that uh, he built of, of his belief system, when it gets shattered, that he, he doesn't have anything to fall back on and that everything is false. I, I, I wish I had the quote with me when he found when he finds out like everything that he was taught is a lie and not true so then he he has no roots he has no grounding he he just feels like he's floating he doesn't know what to do who Mm -hmm. to trust where to go 
And so he ends up floating for the next 15 years or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I think there comes a point where um, Biff does need to take his life into his own hands and move on from that. And I think he does. I think it's just different than what, what Willie wanted for him. I, I think he falls into a life that he does enjoy he wants to be out in the sun he wants to be doing farm work sort of thing and um it it doesn't it doesn't stand up to what willie wants for him but i think willie needs to let that go Mm -hmm. i can't now the play has themes of the american dream uh dishonesty senility and uh needing to be somebody you know fitting the the mold and i i I do think the play deals with those themes very well for the most part it seems like everybody except willie and his family ends up being someone besides the females all, all the male characters end up i mean not end up that that's just how they're portrayed as successful yeah 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 the, all the you other have... men that he comes in contact with mm-hmm. yeah so they're they're kind of surrounded by success but they can't they can't obtain it themselves for whichever reasons because there's his brother who is a very minor character in the book who went off to africa disappeared into the jungle and uh came out a diamond do we know if this is true, though? No. Or if this is just a story? We really, really don't. Um, but that's that's the image he portrays mm-hmm. as one of success. And the other thing that I always wondered, talk about success, is that Willie thinks back that he was a very good salesman, and but we don't know if that was actually true either. No, because Willie lied about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and by all accounts like when he when he loses his job he at least wasn't a good salesman anymore and it it did kind of seem like it had been a long time since he was even an adequate salesman perhaps yeah i mean he was getting old and he yeah i mean his excuse was that the people that knew him died off Mm -hmm. and he wasn't able to get new clients because he was old and uh, very pushy which would, I'm assuming would push people away. I don't know if um, maybe earlier in the 1900s that that kind of sales technique was better mm-hmm. for, for gaining people and because things change and if you don't adapt, mm-hmm. you get stuck in something and it ends up not working for you anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think his old employer would have kept him on for that long. If he wasn't. If he wasn't at least decent. But yeah. he obviously didn't make financial, even if he was moderately successful in the beginning, he didn't make financial decisions that led him to have any sort of money when when he nears the age of retirement and they're in so much debt Yeah. Um, by the end of the play. And Charlie is paying him a substantial sum of $50 a week just to be generous. Yeah, yeah. His friend and- is just giving him money. He offers him a job where he won't have to do anything, essentially. Just bring home the same salary he's giving him. But Willie's... This is one of the parts that bugs me the most. Willie's too proud. He, he's he's too proud to accept a job, but he'll still accept charity. You know? Yeah, it was... 
that was frustrating for me. I think it was because you'd have to admit he was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And he, at least if he takes charity, he's under the delusion that he'll be able to pay back at some point. Whereas if he has a job, then he definitely owes Charlie something. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's quite the delusion at any rate. But anyway, Charlie must be very successful because mm-hmm. that was a lot of money back in the day. Mm-hmm. $50 a week. And that's uh, back, in, about... back in the late 40s. Yeah. A lot. It's essentially a salary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't even imagine having a friend that would give me that kind of money every week. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so this play has been revived many, many a time uh, on Broadway and all around the States. It has been performed in many, many countries, the UK, Germany, China. Arthur Miller actually went to China and directed the the show there. Wow. And it, it was well received there because um, he thought it's all about the relationship of the father with the sons and the father with the wife. And he thought Chinese audiences really responded to that because Chinese fathers want their sons to grow up to be dragons, mm-hmm. as, as they put it. Like, that's the kind of pressure they put on them. So it was hugely successful there. Um, it's beloved in the USA. It's considered one of the top five plays if not the number two play of all american theater it has had has been it has had performances done by such actors as dustin hoffman george c scott brian dennehy christopher lloyd and philip seymour hoffman and that is quite the roster of uh, great actors of our time um the uk is maybe the only market where it didn't do very well uh it was regarded not so much as not not so much um, as as epic play as everywhere else seemed to think of it. They one quote I read about it in the UK was it's a potential tragedy deflected from its true course by Marxist sympathies. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. They um, they just weren't a big fan of it there. That's fair. Yeah, it's not it's not for everyone. It wasn't really my favorite. Um, you you liked it. I liked it more than I thought I was going to. So I went in with extremely low expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've read some Arthur Miller before uh, that I've quite liked. I liked All My Sons. I liked The Crucible, uh, A View from the Bridge. This one, honestly, was probably my least favorite of his plays that I've read. That's fair. Yeah, I, I just, I, I do... I guess I think it's it's it is dated, which it is, and I've I've read this play in more modern versions that I've enjoyed much more. Mm-hmm. Going back to the dated thing, the the themes that stood out to me that are still current is that need, especially in this era of social media, to be somebody mm-hmm. and to have some sort of impact and success and. There's so many different platforms to find success these days that people make it sound like it's so easy and the people who do succeed often say how easy it is. And when people are suggesting what you should do with your life, especially if you're lost and in your 30s, like many, many, many people are these days, they're they're like, oh, just do this. 
It's such a recipe. Just start a blog. You can be successful. Look, I know A, B, and C who make money off of starting blogs, but you know, or don't know, a hundred other people that aren't successful in that. Mm -hmm. You only see the success stories. You're not hearing people say when they failed at something, when they tried and invested so much money and time into something and then it completely goes kaput. Mm -hmm. You don't often hear about those stories because who wants even though people like negative news they don't want to hear about the failures mm -hmm. um yeah yeah um no you're right because um that is still very prevalent and not just in in america or not just in north america but it's very prevalent in the world you know there's this idea of the american dream or just the dream of making it and then there's the failure that that comes from that and yeah no it is it is a very realistic view in, in that way the other thing that i was thinking of is what happens to the characters at the end not all of them but specifically willie happy <laughs> What a name. Oh, the names in this are so funny. <laughs> Willie, Biff, and Happy. Oh, boy. Very dated. Yeah. In that sense. Um, Willie, spoiler here, he dies. Mm-hmm. At least that's what... Yeah, no, he No, he dies. dies. He 100% dies. He kills himself. Yeah, he drives off. I, I like that scene quite a bit. Which one? Where he's contemplating killing himself for the the life insurance money mm -hmm. for his family and then his because he's quite he's going quite senile at this point his brother appears and starts talking to him about his idea of killing himself like it's this grand adventure and it's danger to to bring reward it's a scary but cool scene i thought hmm. i don't know if if you can kill yourself and get life insurance these days, I think suicide rules it out. I think it? it did then too. And it's just, did it look like an accident is the thing. Hmm. Um, I think if you knew the character Willie, then you would know it probably wasn't an accident, but he was going senile. He probably shouldn't have been driving. He had problems driving. He had lapses of concentration, mm -hmm. but that was at least his plan. And I don't think he was well enough to, to think that it might not work mm -hmm. so to the end he was still pursuing this dream of getting a lot of money it, the the life insurance policy was twenty thousand dollars and mm -hmm. even if he himself didn't get it it was his legacy let's say mm -hmm. um happy followed in the footsteps of his father still with this delusional because he, he was in his mid late 30s mm -hmm. and still not successful in anything but still lying about his position yeah. Uh, at the job he was doing, still pretending that life was a lot better than it is and refusing to settle down, but always saying that he was about to get married mm -hmm. when he's sleeping with somebody new basically every night. Yeah. Uh, Biff was really the only one with a bit of an arc where he decides to leave and to pursue what he actually wants to do, ranching somewhere in the West. Because mm -hmm. he likes the foals in the springtime and the sun and yeah he realizes at least i i thought he realized that the american dream isn't where everything is at and that it's good to pursue what you're good at and what you like 
And even if it doesn't make you a lot of money, if you can survive on that and be happy on that, mm-hmm. then that's... He has, a, he has a quote near the end of the play. This is Biff. Why am I trying to become what I don't want to be when all I want is out there, waiting for me the minute I say I know who I am? I love that quote. Yeah. No, it's it's him realizing that his happiness is is about him realizing who he is and what he wants and following his path and not a path somebody else lays out for him. And I think that's still applicable today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, another quote. This one I've just I found so funny. This is when Willie is losing his job finally. And he says, uh, you can't eat the orange and throw the peel away. A man is not a piece of fruit. <laughs> now, the first part of that, of course, you can eat an orange and throw the peel away. That's what you're supposed to do with the peel, unless you're making orange zest. But you can only make so much orange <laughs> zest. Um, I just thought that was a little funny. <laughs> Um, a couple more quotes. The jungle is dark, but full of diamonds. That That's his brother referring to him going into Africa and coming out a rich man. Mm-hmm. And just if you look for it, you can find success. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm, this one, this one suits the play. It's, it's sad. Sometimes it's better for a man to just walk away. But if you can't walk away, I guess that's when it's tough. And sometimes it's it's hard because it feels like you're stuck, and I think that's how. I think that's how a lot of the characters felt for most of the play was stuck, like they couldn't get out. Yeah. All right. Um, that about wraps up our thoughts for Death of a Salesman. I think, right, Kylea? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, cool. Um, that was fun. That was our first play. We'll probably be doing a few as we go along but next week we are going to read a canadian book we are going to be reviewing the glass hotel by emily st john mandel that we are so join us again next week thank you very much for listening my name is tony i'm kylea and we'll see you next week bye